You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to the 30th episode of the Wait, Let's Chat. say that a little peppier here for the 30th episode, John. All right. With all the pep that I have within me, welcome, everybody, to the 30th episode of the After Chat. I'm Josh Chernoff, yeah. and I am joined by the legendary Bill After. Bill, how's it going? I'm good. Uh, looking to uh, to get started today. Lots going on. And usually, we'll have an entire format to do our podcast. Mm-hmm. But you have been crazy busy with a million different wrestling and personal family things and uh, other projects. I have been crazy busy. So we just plugged in and said, let's start around 6.15 Thursday night, the last day of February. Let's just plug it in and, uh, uh, as I always like to say, put the key in the ignition, turn it, and let's start. All right. Well, why don't we start with a headlock on headlines. Now, my first thing, we were, just for a second, before we got on the air, we were saying, you you said to me, do you know what's going on with uh, Rhonda and Becky? And I said, no, I caught up with it. And you know what? The spelling police oh. are on the man. Becky okay. Lynch. Rhonda, you go back and get that belt because I didn't come this far to collect it from Stephanie. S-T-E-P-H-A-I-N-E. Stefiani. Really, that's a boss. Yeah, I got to tell you, I think that's just setting the wrestling world on fire. That she Listen, I'm an editor. Remember, okay. that's my background here, editing all the wrestling magazines. So the editing police now have an issue with Ronda Rousey. All right. Well, Ron- oh, Ronda Rousey, I'm sorry, with Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch, the man, yeah. right? And she now must take some mug shots because we are going to send the uh, – the spelling police after her. Well, I hope she can find a, uh, a decently lit hallway to take those mug chats in. Um, you know, it, it's getting right into it. Uh, misspellings aside. Uh, wow. The, the back and forth on Twitter that's going on here really has people kind of wondering, is this work? Is this a shoot? Um, so let's, let's kind of starting at the beginning, Bill, the, uh, the post from Ronda Rousey with this, these, these, uh, um, God, I don't even know what to call them because I look at them and they look like headshots. Um, these mug shots. Uh, these are oh, terrible. Oh, you're talking about a Becky. A Becky. Did I say Ronda? Yeah, yeah. You did. Yeah, you did. But I made confusing. that mistake. But wait, listen, before we move on here. Okay. I just want to give you the old school look at this, that if there was no internet, and these pictures were shown on uh, the old WWF uh, TV show. Mm-hmm. We would have all bought this hook, line, and sinker. But because of the internet um, and all the social media, man, I'm can telling I be, you. Can I be honest? I think because of the internet and all the social media and everything, I think everybody's just gotten lazier. Because they would have made this look like it was actually at a police station. She's standing in front of a wall that is just, if you've ever been backstage, which I know you have been to many an arena, I mean, this is a backstage wall in an arena. Like, that's, I mean, that's what it looks like. It's very, and not only that, but there's like no, like, Atlanta, Georgia PD. Like, okay. And she made a nice little, like, thing of it. It's just, to me. It would have been it, better with no pictures. Yeah. It, it belittled the storyline and it's making Becky Lynch look like, like a joke, but nah. uh, then Ronda Rousey writes, uh, that's what I'm trying to do. Dumbass. You hobbling around trying to be a ginger crutch ninja and taking fake prison photos in the hallway isn't helping. So my first feeling on that, and I'm going to go into detail with this, uh, a week from, uh, I guess this coming Thursday, by the time everyone's listening, this is coming Thursday on So Says Chernoff uh, on Fight TV. Cheap plug there. Um, cheap because I'm not paying sponsorship money to the show to plug it. But um, I'm going to go into more detail on this. But, Bill, the that was kind of – that was stupid, <laughs> Ronda Rousey. Yeah. 
I mean, you, you basically just call then I get I think I get what they're doing. And what they're trying to do is say, Yeah, we've got all these storylines, whatever, but we're uh but this is real. This heat between us is real. And it's working. But man, like you, you just to go out there and just say fake prison photos when the WWE is promoting them and actually has a t-shirt out now. Um, which I couldn't disagree with more from the standpoint of them being a PG show that you're going to put a t-shirt out of someone's mugshot. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? WWE? I know. I got that. You know what? To be honest with you, that's like, it's fun. It's cool. I don't have a problem. Yeah. With I mean, um, you know, it was, it was trespassing and, and some sort of battery or something in there. And, and that's what they're saying. All right, kids, it's cool. Let's take a picture. Yeah. I don't know. I th- I think that it's just uh, she's no, the I good guy. It's a cool shirt. It's a cool she's shirt. the good guy. When I was growing up, they they wouldn't have had. You know, would you have seen Hulk Hogan getting arrested and and then them making a shirt out of it? Yeah, and it's uh, also not even wait, a cool wait, shirt because it's a you stupid would, you, shirt because she's in a hallway. You you would have seen um, Hulk Hogan get arrested. Possibly, would they have made a T-shirt? Marketing was not. Of such a major, major thing, but I bet you if if, Hulk, if Hollywood Hulk Hogan was arrested, uh, I didn't say Hollywood so, Hulk Hogan. I'm talking about Hulk Hogan, the good guy. I'm talking. No, wait, wait. But I'm saying if Hollywood Hulk Hogan was arrested in WCW and they made a T-shirt out of it, I would have bought it. Yeah, but that was a TV 14 product that was geared towards young adults. That was geared towards like college age or or thirties, you know. It, I think it, you're overanalyzing this. I really do. What's that? I think you're overanalyzing this. Well, I mean, that is what we do. No, <laughs> you know, no. As no, as wrestling fans. Oh, I we don't well, over. I just think you're overanalyzing this. Where I just think, you know, they put out a T-shirt. Fine, you want to buy it, you buy it, and it's probably doing great. You know, Becky is a, a marketing machine. Right yeah, now. I mean, look, people are going to buy it. I don't think it's the best thing huh? to be doing. Uh, but anyway, so Becky Lynch responds, keep the F word out of your mouth and concentrate on getting better at this business instead of trying to remain above it. Looking forward to seeing you real soon and had some photoshopped uh, picture of uh, Ronda Rousey doing a terrible job on the mic uh, off of the uh, cult classic, The Room. Um, Ronda Rousey responds, F word, you mean fake, fake like your nonsensical BS quote arm bar that doesn't even work and just like looks like you're holding the, I'm just going to say D-I-C-K, you wish you had as a picture of when Becky Lynch attacked her right before Nia Jax ruined everything. Um, when Becky Lynch attacked her and put her in an arm yeah, bar. Yeah, So <sighs> Becky Lynch responds, huh, it does look exactly like one now that you mention it and has photoshopped a picture of Ronda Rousey's husband's face onto I'm the looking end at it right of, now of said uh, arm we'll say to which Ronda Rousey then wrote Rebecca Quinn using Becky Lynch's real name Rebecca Quinn I don't care what the script says I'm beating the living well, I can say shit who cares I'm beating the living shit out of you the next time I see you Hey, Josh, Josh, what if this actually is that the McMahons had a meeting and creative and all this, and they said, listen, this is getting hot enough to, uh, I don't know, maybe they want to do this thing for real. Uh, So do you want my honest opinion on that? I'd like you to lie. Okay. If I'm lying, I'll say, yeah, that's a possibility. No, my honest opinion is they'd be out of their freaking minds if they were like, Correct. hey, let's really have Becky Lynch fight Ronda Rousey. Correct. Um, but I do think that this whole thing could be a work. I do think that they're making that they might just be building this up and having them like really go back and forth. Um, and it's great to see this side of Ronda Rousey getting all heated up. Um, but Becky Lynch is uh, she's borderlining the heel territory a little too much for me. Like it, it's, it's also, I don't know. I don't really care for the, uh, the back and forth on Twitter, but I do, I do like, uh, like I'd rather see th- these real words being shot back and forth in the ring on a promo where you can go, Oh, they've gone, they went off script, you know, me too. Me too. Um, I agree. But it's a different world. It's a different time. And, uh, you know, look, it, it's, uh, 
it's interesting to see how this is going to play out. So I think what it all comes down to um, is they got our attention. And um, maybe something like this could be attributed to Bruce Pritchard now being back in creative. Who knows? May, you know, this could be the thing yeah. that's kind of changing things up. Could be. Bit, so. Could be. A little early to tell yeah. uh, how what Bruce's direction will be. Uh, I am glad to see that he's on that team. And the reason being is possibly there might be another direction into a feeling of an attitude era with uh, Becky and Rhonda kind of to be almost being like the forerunners of whatever this yeah, which would uh, be, new regime. Yeah, which would be would great. Be. Um, as long as they change the rest of the show with it, because man, Raw was well. Bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I. What I did agree, you think of SmackDown? It's too early. I. You know what? I. I'm going to tell you uh, about SmackDown. Um, it was great to see Kevin Owens come back again. Mm -hmm. um, I don't. Since we don't know what they're doing with the Kofi thing yet. There are a lot of people very angry about the Kofi situation, and I sitting there on my recliner watching this as a fan was like, that's terrible that they did this to this kid. Mm -hmm. I mean, the fans, everybody is so hepped up. There's got to be something obviously behind this. Right. Uh, and I don't want to speculate too much what it is. I think. Why not speculate? That's what we're here for. No, I, don't, I, can't, I can't. I don't know what, uh, there's nothing to speculate. I'll speculate. At this point, except that, uh, except that somehow Kofi is going to wind up with a title shot anyway. Maybe it'll be WrestleMania where it'll be on a bigger platform. Yeah, so that's the speculation. <laughs> that, that's, the, that's you know. Well, I, I'm just talking off the top of my head. Okay. It, it, it's nothing locked in to me, Josh. But I think right now the momentum would have been for me to have uh, uh, Kofi and uh, Daniel Bryan, who's getting, oh, God, he's such a great character. Mm -hmm. Uh, to have that match at fast lane and an old angle, Bruce, if you're listening to this, an old angle of something happens where maybe Rowan interferes and the title is held up and put up for grabs at WrestleMania. I would love to see that. But now with Kevin Owens in that picture, I don't know. Is it going to be a three-way? Is it going to be Kevin Owens, Kofi, and uh, Daniel Bryan? It shouldn't be because there's like no, like like Kevin Owens has no business there. You know what I mean? Like he, he, I agree. I think it was really cool because I I think that this is going to lend itself to Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan getting yeah having the match at WrestleMania. Um, I do see that happening, but uh, but I don't. Uh, so I don't really have an issue with it. But I don't think Kevin Owens will be involved at WrestleMania at all. Well, I think he'll be involved, but maybe not in that unless it's a three-way. Uh, no, that, no, I, yeah, I, I agree. I don't think he'll be involved in a three-way at all. Like, no, I don't okay. think it'll be a three-way because so I think they're going to do a three-way with the women's match. Yeah. So. Well, going back to your initial question, it was surprising to see the Hardys come back. A little uh, old blood coming in. Yeah, um, what, that was weird. Um, yeah, they just uh, you know a little something old but fresh yet. And I'm going to say something now that refers to both Raw and SmackDown. Mm -hmm. Outside of the NXT bubble, I cannot get excited with the way that they are portraying Ricochet and Alistair Black. It's just not working for me as a fan. When, when I see them at NXT... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no. When you say outside of the NXT bubble, so what you're saying is... Uh, the presentation of them on the main rosters as yeah, opposed to the presentation well, yeah, of yeah, them on NXT. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. So yeah, it's not a commentary on them. It's it's more how they're being presented to you? Both. Because if you really look at it, uh, Alistair Black is much more of a monster in NXT. He's a scary guy. Right. Ricochet is special in NXT. Ricochet, who I think is one of the... Uh, best aerial wrestlers that I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. uh, there are a lot of other people on Raw and SmackDown that do that type of, you, you, we're seeing a lot of that type of wrestler. Um, I'm just, I, I would rather 
them, use both of them, of course, in single competition, but against lower-based competitors like prelim guys Okay. For them, for them to destroy. Again, I'm going back to old school where you bring a new guy in to TV like an Alistair Black and he destroys his opponent. Or Ricochet comes in two, three minutes, boom, 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 boom. The guy beats him up for a minute. He makes his big comeback. Wow, there's no one better than Ricochet. It's just, I don't know. I'm, I'm not feeling that. Well, and I think that that's kind of, you know, in my personal opinion, I think SmackDown was pretty decent this week. I think Raw was awful, as always, with the exception of one thing. And I am going to say one thing, and then I will get back to it. Talking uh, about Finn Balor? No. Um, that was fine. I mean, that was that was okay, but I felt the entire story of the Finn Balor and uh, uh, Leo Rush and everything. I, I don't like the story. It, it's not well thought out. It makes no sense. Uh, Finn Balor basically was picking on him and bullying him, and then Alexa Bliss made a match, which she doesn't actually have any authority well, to do. Well, that's what made, that made no sense. Yeah, it was absolutely ridiculous. And to me, it was just, as I've said in the past, lazy booking. And it is lazy booking because if somebody was to point out, it, it like, hey, that doesn't make sense, and they said, oh, let's just go with it anyway, that's being lazy. If no one points it out, then that means they're not, going over it with a fine-tooth comb. Now, you're always well, going to miss some okay. stuff, but something right. like that is a red flag, and then Alexa Bliss makes the match. Well, how? Right. So, again, I understand that. I get it. I think we're in the days of sports entertainment where some something like that happens, and she makes the match, and people are going, oh, great. They're not thinking about yeah, it too I just, much. I still I just hate I, that. I can't like, use the word lazy. I can't... Uh, utilize the word lazy i think it's just it's not lazy booking it's just not thoughtful of wrestling psychology wrestling so, show psychology so as in i don't think it's lazy so another way to describe it would be that they didn't take the time to put in the extra work to make sure that it all made sense no 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 that they just passed it by and uh they did somebody the writing crew just didn't have the handle on, hey, how could we, how could she just make the match? They just, you know, Alexa will make the match. Okay, next. That's probably what happened. Yeah, I would call that lazy. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a good use of the word. Okay. I, I just don't think that they're thinking of it. They don't, they're not thinking that the fan is questioning that. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, look, it's splitting hairs at this point but either way they weren't thinking and it just you know i didn't like it but no the one thing i liked was uh batista his return at the well, wait, end wait wait let's go let's stay on this topic for a minute okay. praise to leo rush and it takes two to tango and finn balor of course but i have always been since i saw him in maryland championship wrestling i've always been a fan of leo rush and i really hope they will do well with him and make him really shine now yeah, I hope so. I mean, he's very talented, but you know, it it again, it like what are they doing with him? With him and Lashley, like Lashley's mad at him because he's trying to take a spot which is stupid because he wasn't trying to. He was very clear with what he was doing and then he was being picked on by Finn Balor. Like it was just really weird. Wouldn't it be wouldn't it be amazing if they did the real David and Goliath thing now between Leo Rush and uh Bobby Lashley? It would probably actually be a good match. Yeah, and Leo Rush beats him. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, meanwhile, Finn Balor is like walking around with the uh, Intercontinental title that he doesn't deserve because he didn't beat the Intercontinental Champion. So it's all like very, you know, and they keep making jokes about his abs, which is like, all right, come on. It's very weird. Very weird to me. But the thing that I did like was Batista's return. Um, I thought that was that was fresh. Um I liked it. A lot of people have questioned, oh, how's Batista going to be the heel? Triple H is the heel. Uh, I think Triple H is a Triple H is a face primarily to the WWE universe as a whole because of what he's done with NXT. Triple H has been uh, been the face more recently in the sense that he has uh, he's been like like his thing with Becky Lynch, where it's like. Uh, professionally, I have to say that wasn't good, but you know, personally, I thought it was kind of cool. 
because he's trying to show that DX side of him because he's being inducted into the Hall of Fame with DX. There's no way that they're going to have the night or two nights or whatever it is before um, before WrestleMania that he's going to be a, a heel going into being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Because, as you know, you've been to Hall of Fames, as have I. Uh, you've got a little section down there of people who understand things, and an entire arena filled with fans who don't really know when it's appropriate to be in character or not. But, you know, it, it's uh, I see him being the face. I think Batista's going to be a great heel. Um, and I found that to be really the only exciting part of the uh of the show i mean well he... the the uh situation with batista i do want to thank the wwe for not having the whole rick flair ceremony and then batista runs in and flair gets the cake in the face i'm glad yeah. they avoided that i really am yeah did I you really see am. the video afterwards of uh jinder mahal yeah, but yeah, it, that by was, that, that was for the live crowd pretty yeah, much. Yeah, no, that was what, that, that's, that's what you'd expect, which is why yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, it's good yeah. to do that. So one other thing that happened on the show, I shouldn't have said the, the only thing I should say, the only thing that I enjoyed uh, from a character standpoint was Batista. But one thing that I think we can all get behind here was uh, the return of Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns, yeah. he's yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, um, this the son of Wild Samoan Sika. Yeah, and I know that uh, uh, the whole Anoa family has been, uh, and the and the millions of fans around the world have been waiting for Roman Reigns to come back. And just the fact that he's back, he's looking good. His mental mm -hmm. state seems great. Uh, he was uh, on Good Morning America. Uh, very that well whole, spoken on that. Yeah, yeah. That whole was well, very classy gentleman. But that whole aura uh, of Roman Reigns is just it, it's it's back. He, he's like on on top again. And uh, what what do you think they're going to do uh, in terms of uh, booking with him right now, Josh? So it's interesting you bring that up because I just saw the uh, like, like literally just came through as a notification. Uh, the Q Arena in Cleveland, Ohio, where they're going to be having Fastlane, um, they are advertising Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, and Bobby Lashley in a handicap match. Oh! Um, but the way that that segment kind of went on Raw this week, I feel like it might be a handicap match with the question of whether or not Dean Ambrose will will be there. Um and Ambrose, you know, I mean, they yeah, rescued no, him, that. you know. Yeah, I mean, the the, the uh, I think right now, you know, with all the talk that Dean Ambrose is on his way out, leaving mm -hmm. and all that. And if that's really happening for them to have this uh, uh, last reunion of the shield mm -hmm. to really the big explosion bang of the last reunion of the shield. I think this would be fabulous. Yeah, I think it would be great. Now, I have a question for you. Would you keep Dean Ambrose doing something in uh, with WrestleMania, or would you let this kind of be the swan song for him? That's a great question. I think Dean Ambrose, again, if he's leaving, I think he needs in some way to be in WrestleMania. He's really put his mm -hmm. dues in. I don't know what that is at this point. I, you know, the next few weeks will tell. Yeah. But, uh, in the meantime, the road to WrestleMania, the, the tour, the house shows, and the other things that they're doing, I think uh, putting the three of them together would just be, uh, would just be amazing. Um, shifting gears a little bit to backstage, we've got— Wait, I like that. I like that. Fast lane and then shifting gears. Oh, okay. I didn't even mean to do that. Very good. Okay, over there? Yeah, that, um... was my, that was my fast lane uh, okay. car. <laughs> um. We have a ton of new producers backstage for the WWE, be it Abyss and Sanjay Dutt, who had never been in the WWE before, to uh, the returning Hurricane Helms. Uh, uh, who else is there? Uh, Sean Devari. Um, and who am I missing? Someone else is there, too. Well, oh, Steve I, Carino was brought Yeah, yeah, brought yeah. Up. I was just going to mention him. But what I do want to do is take a minute – 
to dwell on whatever happened with uh, Double A on Anderson, mm -hmm. who's been a producer there forever. The quality of the work that Arn Anderson instilled into the people that we see on TV mm -hmm. and at the various shows was amazing. It was absolutely top shelf. So, uh, and I know I had seen Arn backstage at many of the shows, and I personally want to thank him for giving that old school to instilling the old school feeling in a lot of these young guys who listened to Arn Anderson, took his teachings and used it to better their career. He's a master in so, both in the ring and on the mic. So a couple of people who obviously idolized Arn Anderson would be the revival. And one of them, I'm sorry, it's slipping my mind, which one was the one who did the move. Um, but one of them took a page right out of Arn Anderson's book with that fake out punch into a quick DDT on raw. Yeah, um, yes. and somebody even put online a side by side video of Arn Anderson doing that back in the day. And, you know, you look at that and, and I think that was kind of, uh, the boy's way of saying, you know, we're not thrilled about this. Um, but, uh, look, it, it, it's, it was paying homage to him. Yeah, and I mean, he was from 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 what we have heard, and we don't know for sure, but what we heard, he was he was fired. Uh, there was a disagreement, and he was let go. Now, obviously, the writing may have been on the wall because you had all these new producers coming in, and part of making things fresh and new is sometimes bringing new people in, new ideas, new eyeballs. You know, how do you make every match seem different? Well, bring different producers in to produce the matches. Maybe that's, you know, maybe that's the answer. So I don't know, but yeah, Arn Anderson, uh, unquestionably, as Vince McMahon would say, um, one of the all time greats. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see where he ends up next. Uh, well, I think I, it's going to be AEW. I think, I think that, uh, Arn's career there, uh, after so many years, it might have just been time for him to get out anyway. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, there's, uh, uh, after a while, uh, people in that business tend to feel, I've been here uh, for enough time. If, as you were hinting that he might go to uh, uh, AEW, I think at this point in his, in his career, maybe as an advisor to another company, maybe, but I think Arn has put so much time in that he may just want to stop for a little while at this point. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever it is, though, we'll, you know, it'll be exciting to see the next step for him. Um, speaking of people who have, uh, he's been there a while, but here's someone who hasn't been there in a very long while. Um, just announced this week, the Hunky Tonk Man will be joining well, the Hall of Fame. Bill, your thoughts? I'm going to give that to you in a minute, but I, I need to back up to the to the new producers, and I want to say how thrilled I am that the king of old school, Steve Carino, has finally made it to the pinnacle of the wrestling business. And I'm saying this because I photographed his very, very first match in Reading, Pennsylvania for promoter Blaine DeSantis at a castle restaurant in, uh, in Reading. Wow. And we became fast friends. Um, through the years, not only did I oppose him, uh, I became friends with his, uh, with he and, uh, his various wives at times. Wow. And uh, I always joke with him about that. Became very dear friends with, uh, Colby, his son, of course. Mm -hmm. And, uh, his recent marriage years ago, uh, to his, uh, beautiful wife. Uh, I even sang at his wedding. Wow. Yes. Yeah, so we, we are very, but he was always like an Arn Anderson. He was always focused on the wrestling business. And then when he went to work at the Performance Center, I knew this was – and he had his own company, as you know, his own wrestling companies, mm -hmm. ran his own shows. Uh, he spoke at uh, my children's local schools. He was always there if I ever wanted anything from him, and he knew I was always there for him too. But he was working as a trainer at NXT – and I had the performance center rather. Mm -hmm. And to me, there's a handful of guys in the wrestling business who are examples of what pro wrestling, not sports entertainment, 
of what pro wrestling is. And Steve Carino is one of those guys who's at the pinnacle of the wrestling business. And to take his skills and knowledge and bring that in as a producer to help the guys along like Arn did for so many years. Wow. So Steve Carino is one of the, I'd say probably one of the youngest and, and one of the last to have really been able to uh, sit under the learning tree of Dusty Rhodes in the ring. Because yes. Dusty Rhodes, you know, he has left his mark on so many of the NXT talent that's come up over the last few years because of his time in the Performance Center and everything that he did for them. But the feud that Steve Carino had that really put Steve Carino on the map in ECW with Dusty Rhodes um, was really one of the the last real feuds that I can remember in ring of Dusty Rhodes having. And I think that uh, I, I would bet anything, I bet Steve Carino would be the absolute first one to tell you that a majority of the knowledge and everything that, that he believes in this business came from working with Dusty Rhodes. Oh, yeah. And also when Dusty had his own company, uh, Turnbuckle Wrestling, mm-hmm. In Georgia, Steve was there feuding with him as well. No, Steve Carino definitely was under the uh, the learning tree of the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. But he culled so much knowledge from so many of the veterans in the business. But Dusty was Dusty was the guy. Yes, Steve Carino is the as I mentioned, he's the perfect choice to be a producer for WWE. And I hope that Vince McMahon. And Triple H and all the people that uh, make the final decisions really can pick the brain of Steve Carino and Bruce Pritchard, of course, too, uh, to make the product, to enhance the product uh, even more so. Yeah. Um, Very, very interesting to see how you had mentioned uh, before when we were talking about um, how it, it takes with Bruce Pritchard, how, you know, it's going to take some time to see, you know, to really tell what's, what's going on um, and the impact that he'll be able to have. Um, and it'll be interesting to see the impact that all of these producers are going to be able to have. I'm, I'm curious to, to see when, when there's a match that is a, a five-star match or something, Oh my God, it's amazing. And then you find out which one of these new producers was working on that match and it's, it's going to be really interesting to, and then to really, it's a whole other side of the business that you can kind of dissect and break down and say, wow, that was something different. That was kind of cool. And be like, Oh, I I, I can guess exactly who that came from, you know? And, and there are a lot of people in the business who have always been, um, Arn Anderson is one of them. Uh, um, Pat Patterson, as far as, um, uh, Finnish guys. They've always oh, been really yes. like, well known as, as Finnish guys. The master. The um, master. I don't know if, you know, I, I'm curious if there's anyone in that group, and I don't know that that we would know. I think that's something that's far more, you know, intimate to that backstage area. But I'm curious if there's anyone when they called up all these producers and hired a, a plethora of producers, if they looked at it and said, okay, we're going to hire. Uh, Sanjay Dutt because he's a good, you know, and I'm just saying, but he's a good Finnish guy. We're going to hire Abyss because he's really great at figuring out, you know, right in the middle of a match how to turn the, like, I'm curious what thought process went into hiring each individual. That would uh, be a great show. That would be a great show if we could find that out. There's one guy who I would really love to see back there with his veteran experience and expertise. By the way, if I'm sounding a little weird, I'm sucking on a uh, British uh, round tree fruit gum here. It's really good. Lemon flavor. All right. Thank um, you. But th- that one guy who I would hope would be asked to come in as a producer or a senior producer, and that, that's Kurt Angle. Yeah, he – yeah, that would – I mean, yeah, I can't imagine yeah. that they would let him – go without without trying at least to to let him do that um or maybe even down in the performance center who knows you know i i'm i'm sure that that's a conversation uh i can't say i'm sure but i i would i could imagine that they had that conversation with him when he came back as almost like an exit strategy from the ring maybe maybe we're Um, also seeing we're also seeing Shawn Michaels around a lot more than we did. Well, Shawn Michaels is, I mean, he's full-time 
now yeah. with NXT yeah. and he was yeah. overdoing the stuff with NXT in the UK. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think he was a situation where he kind of dipped his toes in and was like, yeah, I'm kind of past all this. And then man, like fell in love with this position that he has so much so that I honestly don't think you're ever going to see him in the ring again. I think that that one match that he had when he came out of retirement um, in Saudi Arabia, I think that was it. I don't know. He will super kick somebody again. Oh God, yeah. Might not be a match, but no, he'll it's... super kick. I think for the next twenty years, but <laughs> as Wait long as he can get his leg up. Wait there. a minute, Triple H versus Batista, huh? Yeah, Ooh. I don't know. Super kick. See, I don't, and and this is what's interesting, <laughs> because Triple H and Batista brings you back to first of all, they've feuded. Uh, in the past, and I'm pretty sure they've had a match at WrestleMania for the championship mm-hmm. before. Um, but they they were a long time feud. But of course, it also brings up Ric Flair, Randy Orton, you know, evolution. So now mm-hmm. you've got that evolution side. You've got the DX side. Would be interesting to see if maybe Randy Orton somehow popped in there. But it looks like he's going to end up doing something with AJ Styles. So, you know. That remains to be seen, but uh, but you hey, never know. Anyway, jump, jumping back, create. we're uh, shake rattling and rolling back to the honky tonk man. Uh, Good what are your thoughts segue. on this? Thank Good you. Segue. Well, Thanks. well, it's, I'm thrilled that honky's going in there. You know, through the years, a lot of people said that honky would never be welcome back there because on a lot of interview shows, uh, he said a lot of bad things about uh, WWE and. Uh, yeah, we they... wondered. Yeah, but we wondered. But all, all that stuff is in the past at this point. Now, Honky Tonk Man, if you look at the group of people, the class of people that help make certain eras into something really special, Honky Tonk Man was one of those people. You you oh, can't yeah. avoid it. And he would, you know, uh, just the whole gimmick when, when they showed a replay of some of his uh, great moments on Tuesday night on SmackDown this mm-hmm. week, it was like, Wow, that was such a great time in this business. He deserve he really deserves to be there. Longest reigning intercontinental champion of all time. Um self-proclaimed greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Um, what a great entertainer, really. Yeah. Uh no, I was always a huge fan of the Honky Tonk man. Um and no, I'm ex- I'm excited to to see him and and to hear his speech and you know, you could make an entire uh WWE Network library based off of interviews, uh, based off of induction speeches of people who had said terrible things about the WWE before being welcomed back into the Hall of Fame. You know, I feel like at this point in time, it's just, I, I think if you're open to it, they'll, they'll bring you in if it makes sense. Scott Steiner, think- for instance, mark my words, one day Scott Steiner will be in the WWE Hall of Fame. I, I don't think that, I think that, the Vince McMahon of today is a softer personality where when they go to him with, we want to do this instead of, well, that's I think it's more like, sure. What do you want to do? You know, that type. I think maybe, do you think maybe uh, the reconciliations with Bruno San Martino and the ultimate warrior maybe had a, uh, played a role in his willingness to welcome people back? I just think it's a momentary thing, to be honest with you. I I don't know the answer to that. I would say, I'd say the Bruno thing, uh, I think Triple H convinced Vince how ridiculous it is not to have him historically in there. And somehow they had him in fences. And the same thing with the Ultimate Warrior. But Honky is at a different level. I think Honky's more of a... Hey Vince, can we do this? And Vince is sure, that type of thing. I don't, I don't think a lot of thinking went into it, on Vince's part in terms of saying no. Hey, speaking of Vince, um, I've always kind of, you know, we, you've told a couple of Vince stories in the past on the show. Um, what we've talked a little bit in the past, but may, we have some after chatters that you know maybe haven't gone into the archives. Uh, what was your relationship like with Vince McMahon early on? Any any issues? Everything always good. We talking about Vince Senior or Junior? Junior. Um, there were a lot of issues uh, very early on when I was 
walking the corridors of Madison Square Garden, taking pictures of a lot of the wrestlers. And Vince would be there, and I'd stop him. I'd say, can I have a, a shot for the magazine? And he'd look at me and just think for a moment, put his hand up on his chin and go, you know what? what? The magazines are for the boys, not for me. Thank you for asking. And then he'd walk away. Hmm. Um, there were times when we were all at ringside, me, George Napolitano, uh, Frank Amato, Paul Heyman, shooting pictures for the magazines. And I'd see Vince commentating. And there was always kind of like that look of, what are these guys doing here? They maybe, I don't know if they're competition, they're in people's way, etc. I would call him every once in a while, like I called his dad. I was, I was much closer with his dad, but I always felt some sort of distance between he and I in terms of uh, business sense. What was I doing there? Why was, why was I representing a company that might have been making money off of what they were doing? And eventually that all, the payoff was that he started their own magazine uh, and thus eliminating all the photographers from the other wrestling magazines. So it was difficult, but during the days of the magazine ban, Anytime I would see him in a city at a hotel or whatever, he was always cordial and nice to me. He'd ask me, what am I doing there? I said, I'm not going to be shooting pictures. You know, I'm just here in town to uh, cover the matches, etc." And he told me to have a good time. Um, but I always knew there was something there that uh, wasn't quite right. That changed now since Triple H came into the picture because Triple H was a big fan of the magazines, probably still is. And I think the opening of getting me into the WWE network had to be approved by Vince. And I think Vince, just like he forgive, he forgave and overlooked things. A lot of the wrestlers he didn't like doing, I think he just gave into a, the thing with, uh, well, you know, Bill's okay. You know, he can come in. It, it, all the business from the past was gone. When I see him now, a couple of times a year, he always grabs my hand, gives me a big hug, asks me how my family is. Um, so, yeah, he's turned into, uh, even though I'm the same age as he, he's turned into like Grandpa Vince to me now. It's just, uh, huh. he's, he's, he's a good guy. I don't feel intimidated being around him like I was back in the, uh, back in those days. Well, that's good. Um, do you think you're going to get an opportunity to see him in New York at any of the uh, various things? Or uh... he's, um, He stays backstage at the Hall of Fame. Right. And the pre-party that I'm usually invited to, he's not at the pre-party either. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's uh, it, if I see him, uh, it'll be very nice socially, but... Uh, That'll be as far as it's necessary to go. Mm-hmm. Who was uh, who was somebody in? You know, we talked about Vince McMahon. You mentioned Triple H. Obviously, huge fan of the magazines. Um, and, you know, good friend of yours. Um, who was somebody else in kind of that that? I'm trying to think. Maybe like more in the '80s. Did you have anyone up in like the office area that was like a, a big a big Bill Apter fan? It was somebody that was like that you always felt comfortable. Okay, maybe you know Vince, you didn't, you weren't gonna, you know, run up and, and talk to for hours. But there was somebody yes, there that you always yes. felt comfortable with. Who was absolutely? That? that was J.J. Dillon. Okay. When J.J. Dillon was in that office, uh, there was kind of almost like a ban of you know you don't talk to the magazine guys. Sure. But because of the relationship from the past that I had with J.J. Dillon. It was he who opened up a door with Vince and Linda to have me come and possibly get a job there uh, working on their initial uh, Hall of – not the initial, but uh, a possible physical WWE Hall of Fame. But no, J.J. Dillon was, uh, was the guy that I would call in that office. And I spoke to him on a, on a regular basis, and I think 
Vince knew that he talked to me. Um, and I think I had built up enough trust in the business mm -hmm. at that point, at that point where McMahon knew that I wasn't going anywhere with the information that JJ might have given to me. And JJ knew whatever he talked to me about was confidential. And Josh, that, that's a, that's a big reason that I was, I've been able to stay alive in the wrestling business for so long, because when people talk to me and about things confidential in the business, even to today, um, I never repeat it to anyone else except my dog. <laughs> she, and, and she, Lexi doesn't, uh, doesn't tell she, anybody. She yes. Yes. No, she, she keeps it kayfabe. Yeah. But yeah that, a... <laughs> that's a great, that's a great question. But JJ was a, and also there were people that ran the magazine, Vince Russo back then, uh, Dennis Brent, Mm -hmm. Back then, there were so many different uh, – uh, Jay Andronico, who was one of the uh, 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 heads of publicity back then. So, yeah, I, I had people in the office that I was able to talk to. Howard Finkel um, and I would talk periodically, but I always knew – and Howard and I are uh, kindred brothers here. But Howard, I always knew, was holding back a little bit because he was very loyal to Vince. He was Vince's first real employee. Mm -hmm. I uh, have it. This is kind of shifting gears to we were going back to the Hall of Fame. Um, I had seen uh, an idea that had been thrown out by uh, David LaGreca. Um, Busted open. Yeah. Had, uh, I love that show. Yeah. I actually uh, caught their show on Sirius XM today. Uh, they had our uh, our good friend Rob Van Dam on there. Yes. Um, yeah. So I was on there a few weeks ago. Actually. Yes, you were. Yeah, yeah you were. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he, he said something, and I just had kind of made a note that I wanted to make sure uh, before we went off the air that, that I got your opinion on this. Uh, he said, would love an announcement in Philly and a Hall of Fame induction in Brooklyn for Taz. And he asks, what do you think? And I thought, you know what? Why don't we find out what Bill Apter thinks? I think that would be fabulous. I mean, the timing's I, there, right? They're, they're yeah, the timing's a... there, but I, I, I think that uh, uh, from where Taz came from, from the Indies, and then on to ECW, and then had his some ring time in WWE, and then became a broadcaster, he left his a, a really good fingerprint uh, on WWE, and I think there are enough Tasmaniacs around at this point that would really love to see that. Yeah, I, it very, I, I think he deserves it. What did uh, Bully Ray, Bubba Ray, say about uh, about Taz? Uh, you know what? I, I don't know. Um, he all he posted was a uh, a GIF file um, of Clint Eastwood shaking his head yes. Yeah, I think that would be great. So. That would be that would be, a, and I think uh, the Dudleys should uh, would actually Paul Heyman should induct him. Um, what about Bill Alfonso? <laughs> Maybe he could induct no, no, him. No, Daddy. no, no. I think I think Paul Heyman would be the right guy. I think so too. Uh, well, there's one other person you're thinking from a wrestling standpoint, but the rest of it. What about Michael Cole? Um, yes, as a broadcast partner, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm thinking from the wrestling end. Right. No, no. Oh, absolutely. But there, um, what how I'm about Michael is... Cole and Paul Heyman? Oh man. All and right. I like that. I love a, it. A, a tag team of inductors. Yeah. <laughs> now, as you know, as you know, uh, unfortunately we have to make this a shorter show because I have mm -hmm. an appointment today. Uh, but let's run down some of the other, uh, uh, bullet points that we had on our uh, on our format. Uh, I think that that was kind of the end of the bullet points that I had. Uh, we talked about uh, Kofi Kingston, Kevin Owens. We talked about Arn Anderson, the new producers. Um, we talked about uh, the Hall of Fame with Honky Tonk Man. I know last week we we talked uh, briefly about DX and China going to the Hall of Fame. Um, if there was anything else you wanted to uh, to talk about now, I guess would be the time. Well, I want to talk about all the after chatters uh, and the fans that have been supporting us uh, week after week, this uh, 30th episode. And we're going to have some special announcements coming up in the next few weeks. 
uh, about where the after chat is going. Yes. And uh, I want to let everyone know that we will be, we will be in person, live and in living color at WrestleCon. We will have an after chat booth there and encourage everyone to come on over. I will have copies of my book for sale. Uh, is wrestling fixed? I didn't know it was broken. Thank you, Josh. And we want to chat with you too and meet you uh, personally. And uh, we will also be in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada at uh, StarCast. Yes. Um, Bill, you've got a bunch of other. I know I have a, a laundry list of places where you're going to be, uh, where you're going to be showing up. And uh, you can go over to theafterchat.com. And by the time you're hearing this, there will be a page on there that says appearances. And you will be able to find out exactly where you can find Mr. Bill Apter. Um, and Mr. Josh Chernoff, too. Yes, you're, doing, well. you're doing some appearances, too. And by um, the way, I've got to tell you something and tell this to the after chatters. If you haven't seen Josh's show on Fight TV, you got to check it out. So says oh, Chernoff. It's as real as the wrestling. It's great sarcastic shtick. I love it. <laughs> I, I'm usually not a sarcastic shtick guy, but the way you do it, you've got your own style it's not an imitation you got your own style oh, well i appreciate that fabulous. thank you very much and, i'm being uh, binged on my cell phone here with my telling you it's time That's to probably... go yeah so, I think so it... uh thank hey josh this has been uh, a pleasure for 30 episodes here oh, and, pleasure's uh, all mine, Bill. And, and mine too and thank you for the uh you know i love when you uh <laughs> this is going to sound right. i love when you talk to me this way no when you uh when you ask me questions about the uh, wrestling past, like, you know, Vince McMahon and the uh, uh, thing about J.J. Dillon, you're refreshing my brain to bring back things that a lot of the after chatters don't know about. Well, I've got even more that I would love to ask you about uh, next week. But until we're going then, to go more inside after. In, well, maybe rename that. But yeah, well, there was inside wrestling magazine that doesn't exist anymore. Okay. So. Well, then, we yeah, you know what? You heard it here, folks. We're going to go inside after next week. Hopefully none of the doctors I never go and see are listening to this. So, uh, Josh, thank you very much, and thank you all you after chatters for listening in. I'm at After One Wrestling on Twitter. Josh? Uh, I am at So Says Chernoff. Um, you can go to theafterchat.com. You can also go to at theafterchat, facebook.com slash the after chat, uh, Instagram at the after chat. Um, also head over to, uh, so says Chernoff.com if you'd like to, and don't forget one wrestling.com and one wrestling video.com. And don't forget, go to the after chat to our page and check out the, uh, check out the merch. We have great t-shirts. The weather is warming up. Yeah. Get so, yourself some of those t-shirts. Yeah. Yeah. And don't forget, <laughs> You people have to respect the comb over. It's there. It's on that page. And a lot of people do. It is our best-selling shirt. And, uh, yeah, another uh, one of the After Chatters recently just shared on Facebook a uh, picture of them with their shirt. So, yeah, very much appreciated. And uh, keep it going. All right, and we'll see you at the matches. 